Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Hi, this is Steve Schallenberger, your host for the Becoming Your Best podcast leadership series. And we welcome you wherever you might be in the world today. As a friend of mine, Marshall Popke, executive VP of a very successful regional financial institution, and I were discussing the principles of becoming your best, the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. Marshall pointed out something that he had been thinking about. He said, there really is not a single silver bullet of leadership to highly successful leadership. And as we discuss that, we realize that it's really a number of things that come together that creates a sustained excellence in leadership. And at the very foundation of those combination of silver bullets is being true to character, the first of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. And indeed, if we fail or falter with character, it is virtually impossible to develop the trust needed to be successful as an individual or in our relationships or even within our organizations. And as a matter of fact, this year we have decided to pivot the focus of the Becoming Your Best podcast to be more centered on these important silver bullets that make a difference in highly successful leadership. And we'll start with number one, be true to character and work through all 12. Uh, that will contain our latest insights and experiences from around the world. Uh, I'll do some, Rob will do some, we'll have our team members participate and, and even special guests from around the world that can provide additional insights regarding living those principles. So how many of you listening today want your children uh, employees, friends, boss, leaders, and team or organization to live and operate based upon a firm foundation of character? Well, of course we do. And when those conditions exist, we all do better, always. Now, I don't use absolutes a lot, but that is the case in this situation. And when those conditions, in other words, violation of character, don't exist, when there is deceit and lies and broken promises, there are broken relationships and much misery and pain, both personally and in dealing with others. So how do you develop character within and lead others to do the same and find this great success without? Well, some years ago... I had an experience with one of our sons, Rob, that illustrates one way to build character. And in retrospect, I've realized that there are several conditions that need to be present to build character as a way of life. So see if you can pick up some of these characteristics that 
I've observed as well as I share this story. Well, this uh, particular story took place when Rob was 14 years old and he announced that he was going to participate in something called the 50-20 event with the local scouting organization. It was a challenge that involved walking 50 miles in 20 hours. And I told Rob this sounded like a serious challenge, and I reminded him that when the Schallenbergers start something, we finish it. And Rob said, I understand, Dad, I will finish. Well, unfortunately, I wasn't nearly as plugged in as I should have been in understanding what he was up against. Uh, I didn't realize that of the thousands of individuals who participated, only 15 to 20% finished the entire 50 miles. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> well, with the group, Rob started the walk from a city 50 miles away around 4 to 5 p.m. And I figured that I'd go to the finish line the next day and cheer him on. Some father. <laughs> Well, at 4 a.m. the next morning, I heard a noise at home, and as I got up to check things out, I found Rob in bed, and I sat down next to him and asked him what had happened, and he said he had walked as far as the city of American Fork, about 30 miles from the starting point, when one of the parents of a boy in his troop drove by and asked if he wanted to go home. <laughs> he said, well, I decided to jump into the van. And after all, I'd already walked 30 miles, and I was tired, and well, that's what happened. I said to him, Rob, do you remember what I said? We agreed that if you start something, you must finish it. Uh, he nodded, and then I asked, how about if we go back to where you were picked up, and I'll walk with you the rest of the way. He th thought about that a moment, and... Then he agreed. He got dressed, and my wife dropped us both off in American Fork. There was still time to complete the 50 miles in the 20 hours. It started to get light, and with another person to talk with and provide encouragement, it got easier. Rob actually ran the final mile to cross the finish line. It was a grand accomplishment. But far more important than anything else that happened that day, Rob learned that when you make a commitment to yourself to do something, you do it. And I learned, I learned to be a lot more attentive as a father. Rob went on to complete the 50-20 uh, twice in two years. And the next year, his two younger brothers, Dave and Steve, also finished this event. It wasn't easy. But in fact, it was painful. But Rob's example and influence on the others was absolutely significant. And so as I've thought about this, uh, I've realized there are at least several conditions that allow us to build character and exercise character. And that's what I would like to spend a few minutes on is just share what I've observed. And I expect that you can add some things to that. So here are some of the things I observed, three powerful things that are present. The foundation of personal or organizational character is most successfully built upon correct principles. 
And so this is the first of the three that I observed. And uh, as I reflect upon them, they all begin with a C. Correct principles. You can adopt correct principles as a standard of behavior with confidence and power that they will lead you in the right direction. And that they are values that can define your life and that you can live by. These principles can be defined in our personal family a team or organizational vision. That's a place that they can be listed and described. They are things such as honesty and kindness and patience, honor, knowledge, uh, accountability and responsibility, the spirit of becoming your best or always improving ourselves and certainly never giving up. Uh, this field of study has been the basis of my research for 40 years and it is what the 12 principles are based on. And that is why they are such game changers. And anyone can learn them and apply them. They are a great starting point for anyone at any age. That's number one, correct principles. Number two, it takes commitment and practice to live the principles, to be true to these principles regardless of what others do, of what is seemingly popular, of what may you, we may feel like in a weak moment or what the crowd is doing or even regardless of the power of the emotions. This is taking the high road versus the low road. Uh, we may make mistakes, but the good news is we can correct the mistakes and start again until we are true to character. And number three is understanding that consequences that come from making decisions based on correct principles and the commitment to practice them or not, that the consequences are predictable. So if you do what is right, you take the right pathway, there are positive consequences. They're predictable. And if you violate correct principles you can count on negative consequences. Take any one of these that we just talked about, for example. Honesty. Uh, if we are honest, there are predictable consequences. More opportunity, higher trust, more confidence. The doors are opened of uh, greater uh, opportunities to grow. If you violate honesty... Literally, it violates, it destroys trust. It closes the doors of opportunity. Trust is diminished. Our friend and successful industrialist and philanthropist, John Huntsman Sr., described the consequences superbly well in the title of his book and also as he described the various outcomes in his book, Winners Never Cheat and Cheaters Never Win. So let me just give a few more examples in the remainder of this podcast. Let's think about these three things. Correct principles, commitment and practice to live them, and then there are consequences that follow. Those are three that I've observed. How about Arden? Now Arden is a close friend of mine. He is an extraordinary individual. He is a successful business person. He, operated a, he operates a successful case lighting company in the Midwest. It's a national and even an international company. One of his employees 
made sexual advances with another employee in the production shop. Well, an affair followed, and ultimately, (laughs) the company was sued for sexual harassment by the woman involved in the relationship. And although a number of people were aware of this activity, it was not reported by anyone. My friend, the president, and one of the best people I know was not aware of this until it became a sexual harassment lawsuit. And ultimately, the award for the sexual harassment lawsuit was $1.2 million, which almost put the company out of business and jeopardized the jobs of over 100 people. Now, the outcome could have been much different if someone, anyone, would have stepped up at the beginning and said, we don't tolerate that in our organization, and reported it. So it could have been handled immediately. And so I know this was the standard of the organization. This is an example. In other words, the correct principle. There was a whole bunch that either could have been sustained and lived by, or that in this case were violated. First, the behavior of the employee of making inappropriate advances. But second, uh, other people who saw the situation who didn't stand up and do something. Uh, In other words, that was indeed the correct principle, the right thing to do. It takes commitment. It may not be popular. It may be hard to do. And then regardless of what we do, there are going to be the consequences. So that's an example. I'll tell you, when I heard about this, you can be sure that I went back within every organization I was associated with and reminded everyone, without any confusion, we did not tolerate harassment or discrimination of any type and taught every individual the correct process and and way to report it so that we could take immediate action against it and protect our employees. And in this case, the sexual harassment lawsuit could have been prevented by someone standing up, speaking out, doing the right thing. And so that's one example. Now, here's another example uh, where almost all of us are familiar with Nelson Mandela. Uh, I'm grateful for his wonderful example. He has had a tremendous impact for good on the world. Correct principles, commitment and practice, and consequences. Let's think about those in regard to Mandela. Uh, As the newly elected president of South Africa, and after spending 27 years in prison for opposing apartheid, he was completely preoccupied with uniting his country. He was not interested in a country of white or black, but a country of equals. And as Mandela was just beginning his term as president, he learned that the Black National Caucus was in session and had voted to eliminate the leading South African national rugby team, a a team whose players were white. Well, such an act would have been deeply offensive to the white population and would have driven a huge wedge into Mandela's goal of becoming one country. He immediately left his office and headed to the meeting of the caucus, which was still in session, and I might add, against the counsel of his advisors. Uh, With great respect, he addressed the group and asked them to reconsider its decision. 
He explained the vision of South Africa for the future and asked who stood with him. The vote was retaken, and the decision was rescinded by one vote. How important is one person standing up to vote his or her conscience based upon correct principles? So we go back and think about this again, those three important things, correct principles, commitment, and practice, and, of course, understanding that there are consequences that are going to come. And, well, in this case, with the vote in hand from the national, the Black National Caucus, Mandela enlisted the help of Francois Pignard, the big blonde son of apartheid, a symbol that, of, of all that the blacks hated about the white political control of South Africa. And Pinar was the star and captain of the national rugby team. And when he met with Mandela, they agreed to a partnership that would establish them both as men of the deepest character, men who would forever impact the civility and unity of South Africa, influencing millions of people, even those outside of South Africa. Pinar said, I left that first meeting with the feeling we were in good hands in South Africa. I felt safe with him. Two years later, the same rugby team won the World Rugby Championship, a victory that united the country of South Africa. Now, he had the courage to be true to character, exercise integrity and honesty and respect, So let's be determined that you and I will not sit idly on the sidelines of life when these issues of character come up. Well, they're so important. Uh, There are going to be many examples in small things and big things. I'm reminded of young people who are in a room and where things take place that are a violation of their character, and they get up and they leave. I admire that. I'm so grateful for that. Think of the impact. Well, this is something we can do in our lives. I think of people that are offended by others, that something happens where maybe they don't even understand it or it's it's bad that takes place and they judge and they become offended. And so this alters their life. They, They let other people determine their future. Other people's poor action determine the choices they're going to make. Well, this is what we say, is we refuse to do this. We are going to take the high road based on things that we know are right, correct principles, high road, realize that's the commitment, regardless of what anyone else does. We are going to be respectful. We are going to take time to listen, to be patient, to be kind, to lift, to build, and then to trust in the outcome. You literally become a light of goodness. This is why it is foundational to all of the rest of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. We literally create a moral authority that people desire and want to follow that lifts everyone, that improves the human condition. In William Shakespeare's timeless classic of Hamlet, 
Polonius gives his son a blessing or father's advice as he ventures out into the world. And Polonius's advice is priceless and lives across the centuries. Especially notice how he starts out. And these few precepts in thy memory, see thou character. His father then provided a great counsel on the importance of holding your tongue, of withholding judgment of others, of being careful with finances and how to choose lasting friendships. He concluded with this advice. This above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night, the day, thou canst not then be false to any man. And as they departed, the father said to his son, farewell and remember well what I have said to you. Being true to yourself is a hallmark of character, one that Shakespeare's fictional father committed to his son. And this is extraordinary advice for any parent to a son or daughter. And as you think of a person that you greatly admire, being true to character is likely one of the master qualities of his or her life, whether manifest in a private way or observed in public life. One of my favorite quotes was penned by Ella Wheeler Wilcox and goes like this. To every person there openeth a highway and a low, and every mind decideth the way his soul shall go. One ship sails east and another west by the selfsame winds that blow. Tis the set of the sails and not the gales that tells the way we go. Like the winds of the sea are the waves of time as we journey along through life. Tis the set of the soul that determines the goal and not the calm or the strife. I wish you the best in your successful journey to be true to character, to build upon uh, these correct principles that lead the way to have a commitment and, and to practice these because we may make, mistake, make, make mistakes along the way and have to go back and begin again, but we do it. And with time, we learn to make this a way of life. And finally, we're able to enjoy and feel the power of the positive consequences that come into our life as we do this. This is Steve Schallenberger. And remember, every day you are making a difference. Thank you, and have a nice day. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com, and you can find all the information about the podcast right there, as well as the show notes page, where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and leave a rating and review. A rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.